Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Very good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. We're continuing our countdown of the club grounds in Cavan GEA circles, and we're down to our top 10. Um, for those that missed out over on Patreon, we have the um, 20 through to 10. Um, and if you want to see that list, just head on over to Patreon or listen to that list, head over to Patreon dot com forward slash we are calvin and to go through this list on a morning where the country is smiling the restrictions are being lifted um i'm joined by paul fitzpatrick sports editor of salt who um i suppose we have to mention your calvin's diary which was a look into the future if um if lord tony <laughs> i think did you describe him as lord tony at some stage uh if 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 he has a uh, if he had his way and, and there was lockdowns continuing, actually, I shouldn't say that because I'm sure it's not his way to have lockdowns continuing all the time. But kind of a, a satirical view on 10 years down the line, Paul. Really good article. Oh, cheers, David. Really good piece of fiction. It shouldn't be called an article. <laughs> fiction. It's dystopian fiction. It could be, it could be a bit of truth in it. But no, I was, I was laughing because if anyone reads it, it's on the Sant website. But I, I was talking about uh, in 10 years' time, you know, what, what things could be like. It was just sort of satire but what things would be might be like if we're still in lockdown and i was saying that it was basically how people's minds have been warped and so there's snipers uh on the roof of the show center in virginia and there's um i like the part i, I don't know if it's the same part you're going to say but i like the part where you go and where used to be lock rammer because they had to drain it to make hand sanitizers <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's one part of it where he's walking down the street and he meets a guy and he says uh Lovely evening. And your man says, flatten the curve. And your man says, same to, same to you. But you know, you know what? It's a, it, was fu- it was funny because uh, I sent the column on to someone a couple of days ago before I went in the paper. And they sent me a recording yesterday from Live Line with Joe Duffy, which I never listened to myself. But he, he, read, out, uh, he read out the phone number. Anyone that listens to Live Line might, might recognize this. And it was something like, okay, so the, the, the phone lines are open. So contact Joe on 1850, wash your hands, 715, 982, whatever it was. And it was like, oh my God. It wasn't Brilliant. that far off after all. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully you're quite a bit off that the churches aren't turned into bars um, <laughs> down the line. But it's well worth a read. Definitely worth a read. But thankfully, we're seeing um, from May 10th, adult teams are allowed, um, or all teams essentially at this point then are allowed out. Um, to train, which is great to see that coming. And then from June 7th, um, matches are allowed to, to resume. So we have the potential of maybe all-county football league games from 
uh, you know, an early stage in June here in Cavan, which is just brilliant to think that's five weeks away, not even a full five weeks away. Oh, it's yeah, it's super, it's brilliant. Like this is looking out the window here, the sun is shining, it's getting into lovely time of year when you want to be out playing football and playing sport. And so it's great that, that people are getting that opportunity now. They can get out and actually play matches because training is great, but you get fed up with training after a while if you've no matches. So it's it's brilliant. I think it's great. Intercounty travel is going to open up as well. So after all the sort of doom and gloom, it's opened up a lot quicker than I expected. And the funny thing is, talking to a couple of people over the course of, of the thing, they were I was constantly grumbling and giving out, as you know, but there were several people saying to me, when it opens, it'll open really fast. So they were saying, they were talking to people in the know and they were saying that look, it's it's so much going to be dependent on the vaccine rollout and when it opens, you'll see it open much quicker than people expected. And that's kind of what's happening now. Like People were sort of taken aback and pleasantly surprised by this yesterday. So thank God, hopefully what, now it'll continue. What I'm, what I'm going to watch from this is Michal Martin's ratings. So I, I, I predicted way, way back that this was a, this was a plan, an idea that, you know, prolong the lockdown and then all of a sudden the saviour will open up the, the world and we'll we'll think he's the greatest thing since sliced pan it'll be just interesting to see does the plan work because it is it's a far quicker reopening of society than we would have imagined i, I think it, from anybody's point of view we thought it would be further prolonged that you know you're getting hairdressers in a, in a week opening up so it's um or, or less actually than that so um, you know, it's it's coming out a whole lot quicker, and it'll be interesting. Those uh, those the ratings for the government and for Michael Martin go go up as a result of this. Oh, no, feeling that you'd imagine there will be there will be a bounce. Uh, like you could see, Boris Johnson got a great bounce when the vaccine the vaccine rollout was going well in the UK. So, and you'd imagine there will be. I, but I thought that was just a lack of conditioner in his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Bounce, <laughs> yeah, amazing. Okay, come here. We'll, we'll move on to the business in hand. Um, so we're looking at our top twenty-five uh, club grounds in the county, which we've we've announced we started last week. We're down to the top ten, and at number ten in the list, and sorry, joint ninth, we need to split these up. So it's Larry United, um, in joint ninth. We have they're setting at seven and a half, Paul. Um, I I think part of the setting that appeals to me about Lara is the stand, and I, I I get it hard to put my finger on why I like the stand so much, but I, I do like the stand. It's 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 a very steep elevation in it. Firstly, you can fit a lot of people in a tight enough area, um, and then maybe the fact that there's there's really only one way to get out of that stand, and and if 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 you have to have uh, cross wars with somebody, you're probably going to have to walk out either right behind or right in front of the person that you had those cross wars with. So it, it creates great atmosphere. Yeah, and that's the bull of horror coming out in you. I love the way your rating stands by the <laughs> by the, the chances of a good row kicking off. <laughs> Again, I've, I've, I've another story, but I'll bring that story during the, the, the analysis of the stand in, in, in Lara here. But I've another good story about an underage drum league game. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 uh, and a stand or an and an involvement in a pitch, but um, the setting is nice though. Down behind the goals, the, the river that runs behind the goals, but the nice hill that rolls off. You've got the trees in the far side of the field. It it is a nice setting. Yeah, and the village itself is very nice. Like it's a, it's a nice right. old style village, very well kept, and uh, you have a couple of nice little green areas there. 
in the village and the, the GA ground sort of dominates the village and you couldn't imagine uh, Strone without that GA pitch there funnily enough it just to be a joke my brother used to always say that when you drive through Strone you will never see anybody that, and for years yeah. we used to we used to ring each other you'd be driving through Strone and I'd, go, I'd ring him and I'd go I'm driving through Strone and he'd say so many about it and I'd say nobody because you, you, <laughs> you literally would see nobody but as, as the club but it as, doesn't have a shop it doesn't have a pub like right in the, the, the village part of it I know they yeah. cross a little bit up but you're right but it, it, that has changed a bit over the years so I, have, I always every time I drive through Stallone I make sure I have a look and see can I see anyone knocking about but as the as the GEA facilities have developed you do see more people coming and going yeah. from there not during lockdown but before that so that's a that's a good testament to the club that they are bringing people into the into the grounds and that's it at the end of the day it's like a hotel you've got to get people in the doors without a doubt uh, the surface we've gone for a 7 out of 10 um you know, it's a good level surface, and it's and it's got the dimensions of the field are good. It facilitates a good a good game of football. It just can get quite heavy um, at the wetter stages of the year. We've gone for the stand. Um, I've gone for an eight on, on this one, and, and you agree with me uh, for the aforementioned reasons. You know the the. the the steepness of of the back of the stand coming down, but uh, to, to to bring the story, we were Drumley were in an under sixteen division three or division two final that that I was playing in. Uh, I was only second last year, and actually to show how how good a player was, John Tierney was playing. He was under fourteen at the time, um, maybe even his first year under fourteen or something like that, and he lorded the game. He absolutely lorded it, but. Um, something happened for some reason. This was the farce of, of, of underage finals, I suppose. Back then, the linesman on on the uh, on the stand side was from. Let me get it right. I, I'm nearly sure. Yeah, the linesman was from Knockbride, and our, one of our players went to take a line ball, and the linesman nudged him or something like that, and literally. It, it, it just erupted and it was right in front of the stand. So lit, literally a, a supporter of Drummolese or, or two tried to jump the fence. One of them did, did get over the fence, got at the linesman. As others tried to get over the fence, they were being held back by not bride supporters and a row broke out in the stand as a result of all of this. So it was a huge row at underage, under 16 level. And it was, a, it, it, it kind of, I was a member standing on the field and, and well, running in towards the Malik because players got involved with it, but looking and going, oh my God, this is like, this is wild stuff, looking into the stand and see grown men throwing punches at each other and stuff. But uh, I, I, I think it, it facilitates the, the, the level of aggression needed to play the game, in fairness. All the best rows at GE matches happen in front of the stand because that's sort of the, that's sort of throwing petrol on the bonfire there when, when, when it happens in front of the stand. You might have a, a bonfire somewhere else, but the, the stand just absolutely sees it erupt because you've, everyone there is totally... Into it right. then, and that's always that always takes off. So it's brilliant. The three G pitch has become that 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 perfect example of it. The area between the two dugouts, close to the line, any heavy tackles there result in a row. And I remember coaching an underage uh, the, the Asan Gales team, and we were kind of saying, look at, you know, if 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 you're winning a game, if there's a time when you want to let things get really heated, just a, a really good big hit in there. Will 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 knock probably five minutes off game time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the dark arts of management there re- revealed. Yeah. The dark arts is right. Dressing rooms we've gone for a seven and a half out of ten. Really, 
uh, good dressing rooms. They've, they've probably adopted the old spaces and, and turned them into nice modern dressing rooms. Extra facilities, we've given them an eight out of ten. They've got the they've got good floodlights, but not good enough for games. They've got the running track the whole way around the field. They've got the astroturf pitch. They've got an indoor hall. Fabulous, fabulous community facilities with a gym, with meeting rooms. I, I even think there's computer room in there as well. Like there's there's so much uh, so much space and like you said earlier on what they've done with with the with the facility with the space there is they've turned it into a busy village center which which was a great thing by the club or by the community i suppose yeah yeah and we should also mention the fact that that obviously the grounds are named after pj duke the famous most famous son of of Sidone. i think he was was he Stradone or Lara? Stradone and Lara obviously were two different clubs back then, but PJ Duke was the most famous man to play for, for the club. Unbelievable player, like died at the age of 25. Already had uh, two All-Ireland medals and was definitely got another in 1952. I'm trying to look up the list here to see when the, the pitch was open. I can't find it here in front of me, but um, it's interesting that on on the... So John Girardi played his last match for Cavan in on the opening of the new pitch in Bethany Park in 1952. So John Joe got a kick in a match playing for the Cora uh, against Ard Clark from, from Kildare the previous year and his kidney was damaged. Mm. So he didn't play any of the National League matches in 1952 for Cavan. Now he'd have been about 34 at this stage anyway, but he, he was still John Joe O'Reilly. He didn't play any of those games. But in June, he travelled to play at the opening of Bethany Park, the reopening. Because the pitch in Beverly Park used to go in the opposite direction before that, and they changed all that. And they were playing Kerry, and he, he had a poor game. He was playing cornerback, and even though the report said he played well, from my research, I found that he that most people said he had a poor game. But he had travelled there, and this is the interesting thing, he had travelled there from Dublin that morning with Simon Dignan and Aidan Corrigan from Drumlane, uh, well, a member of the well-known footballing family of Corrigan's from Drumlane. Uh, Aidan was a sub on the cabin team at the time and went on and got his All-Ireland medal after but <clears throat> something wasn't right with John we had to keep stopping to go to the toilet on the way down the road his kidney was was badly damaged as it turned out but before he got to Breffney Park uh, they went to, to Lara Cemetery and they unveiled the memorial to, to PJ Duke John O'Reilly had been instrumental in, getting, in raising the funds and getting this memorial put up so it, basically his last official duty for Cavan was to go to to go to to Lara to unveil this memorial to PJ Duke at the cemetery headed to Breffney played the game against Kerry and it would turn out to be his last game and he was dead before the year was out so it's very point, very poignant when you think that PJ Duke whose teammate had also, was also dead at the time two young men and two unbelievable yeah. footballers so yeah, that's, a, that's the story behind PJ Duke as well like the uh, who the pitch Again, is just, after just remind me on PJ Duke it was just your speaking how did PJ Duke die? <laughs> he um yeah, that's a good yeah, question. I he, I, yeah, I do know. He, he got he got some sort of a virus. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the virus was, but he, he died quite suddenly. Um, and it was absolute. Like, you know, when John Joe Riley died, it was despair. But there had been talk that John Joe, John Joe hadn't been well for a while. Nobody thought he was going to die, but it was sort of an operation that went wrong with John Joe as well. But it probably nearly wasn't as shocking as, as PJ Duke's death because it came after PJ Duke's death. He died in, his name was, was um, Philip, I think I'm right in saying this, Philip James Duke, well, that's where the PJ came from, and he died on the 1st of May 1950, which was the, the feast day of St. Philip and St. James. Uh, I re- remember writing about it a while back. Like he, he was an unbelievable player, an unbelievably popular with his teammates. 
red-haired wing-back. Like in the Polo Grounds final, he, he, he was moved from wing-back to midfield, which was the tournament of the game. He was an incredible player. He was, mm. he was a dental student in, in UCD. And for years after, they played a, a, an interfaculty competition in UCD called the PGA Duke Cup. So just, just to give a bit of history of the man mm. who, who the grounds are named after, a great, great man. So the final then, uh, Mark, we give them a 6 out of 10 for press facilities because they have a couple of different options. Obviously, you can go to the stand and, and get stuck into a row if you want. Um, you can also then, they've got a, a really good, um, so it's, uh, I suppose it's it's an emergency exit staircase, but that leads into a room um, just up on the next level. So you're right on pitch side. But you can you can go inside and 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 you know put down your notepad and everything, and see the entire field from it up there, <clears throat> or you can just stand on the balcony on, on a dry day and and watch over the game. So really good facilities. And then very very importantly, down at the bottom of those stairs, um, about ten yards or five yards to to the left hand side is the shop, and they always offer you tea. That's that's always a bonus in in press facilities. So they get an extra point for for the. Uh, for the cup of tea or coffee that you're always offered. Yeah, yeah, no, completely. I, I, I think there's always a warm welcome in Stradone. Yeah, so they get a 44 out of a total 60. Um, and now we have to split them and the Sons of O'Connells from Drum Lane going over to Milltown. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. So the setting, we've given them a 7 out of 10. Um, kind of nice setting, nice countryside around it. Um, the view that you can really see, the, all you can see is from the far on the far side of the field, and it's um, it's not necessarily a, that spectacular a view. Like so, basically, you've only one open side on it. But what you can see is lovely on that side. It's just that you have the building on the right, and then the trees are blocking down on 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 the left hand side. It's it's a nice setting. It's not one of the top in the county, though. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. The surface, though, is one of the top in the county. We've uh, we've given it a nine out of ten. Like relatively new field. You give us the stats on this one, but opened in the last maybe five six years, I'd say. Would you believe Tremaine Pitch was open in two thousand six? I can't believe that. Oh that, my! That God. it's open. It definitely feel old now. Uh, it, it was open in two thousand six, so fifteen years open this year, and it, like it's it's a marvelous facility. I, I think. Yeah. It, it, the advantage that Tremaine have, I suppose over we'll say the likes of Lara or other clubs around them is it, it was I know it sounds stupid to say that but it was a custom built facility it was built it was a football pitch and, and community facilities which were built from scratch in the modern era uh, which makes a big difference you know you, you weren't it yeah. wasn't it wasn't an old farmer's field that slowly got turned into a pitch and then there was a stand put up and then those dressers put up which was never probably ideal which some clubs ended up with Whereas Jermaine started from scratch on a greenfield site and they built a beautiful facility there and like the surface is Fabulous. Talking to a lot of people, they uh, they were saying that they thought Tremaine was one of the very best surfaces in the county. Yeah, and it is, it is. And 
to to be fair to them, coming from where they came from, um, did you ever play on the old pitch? Uh, well, I, I have a note to talk about that. The old the old pitch in Germany was hilarious. Like it, Probably it, the worst in the county. Yeah, I, I used to think it, it or Templeport, and now they're two of the very best. But the, yeah. the old pitch in Stag Hall was, I remember playing there in the summer and like it had a sort of a trampoline effect because it was in a bog really. And it was very springy. The turf was very springy. And then you get absolutely, you talk about rammer, you get eaten by the midgets in the summer in Jermaine yeah. as well. We used to play there a lot on underage. Um, we were always in the same division as Jermaine. And it was, well, it really was bad. I, I, I remember playing an underage championship game. So it was coming towards the latter end of the, the year. So I was, I think I was after starting in St. Pat's. So it would have been October, November, maybe it was an under 14 championship game or something. Um, but anyway, there had been a lot of rain. There had been a huge amount of rain over the previous week or so. And going halfway down, you go halfway down the field, there was actually a small shuck. And literally, we, we had to jump over right. running water going across the field. Playing the game, we had to jump over running water. That's that, that's how bad Drumlane's old field used to be. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. So, um, yeah. So, from, from that to where they are now, to have a nine of a surface after 15 years, that's that's unthinkable that it's 15 yeah, years. Yeah, Calvin played Kerry, was it? I think it, uh, I'll check that again. But, um, no, they played Mead, but Mehal and Merherty, that's where the Kerry connection came in. Mehal opened it on 20th of May 2006. So, actually, we're very close to the 15 year anniversary of that now. Yeah. Last week. Definitely. 20th of May, three weeks. 20th of May. I keep thinking this is May and not April. Yeah. <laughs> that's because all of the grass you're sowing, lad. Um, <laughs> come here. The stand, we give it an eight out of 10. A really nice modern stand. It's got toilets. Um, Kind of, um, I think they've got titles to the side of it as well. It's it's a good size stand. Stand it holds a nice number of people. A little bit back off the off the field, but in terms of getting the elevation and getting the uh, getting a good view, you do get a better view from the stand than from the the pitch side. And I actually love about drum lane is that you will actually notice at different stages of the game, depending on how the game is going. People will levitate or will again levitate. Why would they, <laughs> <laughs> they gravitate? Gravitate from uh, from from the fence to the stand and from the stand to the fence. So literally, you'll see the locals where if it's getting exciting, if it's within a point or two, they'll they'll walk from the stand and, and go up to the fence and get really involved in the game. And then if they're winning by five points or losing by five or six points, they'll come back up to the stand and they'll lean on the on the barriers that are or on the, the rests that are there on the stand. So it's one of those ones that you don't always go to the fence in, in drum lane. So that's why it gets an extra point over some of the some of the other stands that that people tend to just stay at the fence. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's true. And uh, and like it's a pitch that's playable obviously all year round. I, I remember covering a Division One league final there. I think it was Mullerhorn beat Crasserahan, I think, a really foggy day. Um, and that would have been in the depths of December, probably. And the, like, the pitch was was spot on that time. And the other thing about about, about O'Connell Park is Milltown is, is out of the way. It's not on the way to anywhere. And unless you're kind of going to Milltown, you, you won't drive through it because it's not even Stradone. Like, if you're coming from Virginia to Good Hill, you go through Stradone or there's... You know, just because we were talking with Lara there now, but there's lots of places. Probably Red Hills is another that's that's out of the way, but you might go through it going somewhere. But Milltown is kind of not on the way to anywhere, 
really where where you'd be going to go. But yet, yet you have this marvelous uh, GF city. So it's one of these things. Like if a marketing company from Dublin was looking to to put together something about a community and it, you know, what the GA does for rural Ireland, like what what from Lane Sons of O'Connell does for the area around there. To be able to build a a facility like that, which which you can be proud of no matter where to go in Ireland, because it is top drawer. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And the dressing rooms lead into that, like an absolutely brilliant community hall. But the dressing rooms, the dressing room facilities are are very, very good. You have, I think you have four dressing rooms, um, good space to set up physio tables. You have nice, comfortable, warm dressing rooms, always hot showers, really good dressing room facilities. Um, Extra facilities, they probably fall down on in terms of that they don't have a, any sort of a training field you know they've nothing really other than the field itself to train on they have obviously really good hall um meeting rooms kitchen area they have all of that covered and, and it's really good there a, a little playground for the kids in that um really well tarmacked parking spaces but probably they, they could do with some training facilities somewhere where they, they they can they can allow extra numbers to to train without without destroying up the field. But having said that, maybe, maybe they have enough to get by. But I don't even think there's floodlights. There's not floodlights on the main field anyway. So I don't know how they train during the winter. Yeah, I'm not sure about that now. I'm not sure. Have to have to someone listener could let us know about that. But yeah, that's probably maybe the area where they fall down a wee bit. Yeah. So we give them a seven out of ten on extra facilities, and then a four out of ten for press facilities, the mandatory, you can get up into the stand and uh, and, and get cover, but nothing else really. Um, and, and I haven't got a cup of tea. I've never got a cup of tea in Drumlane. Oh, that's not, that's not good enough. You know, just listen, I'm only putting it out there. So <laughs> for, for that reason, or oh, well, look, at I'll let you split them, Drumlane or, or Lara. I'm, I'm going to go with Lara ahead of Drumlane because I get tea. Is yeah. that a good enough reason? Yeah, fair enough. I, you know, I'm going to go with Lara for the simple reason that I cover more games than Lara, uh, uh, whereas I haven't covered that many games in, in Tremlane. I usually leave the, the Tremlane seems to host a lot of junior games, a few junior clubs around there, and it's sort of equidistant. Whereas uh, I leave the junior games to the likes of you, Damon. You do. You send me to the to, to the exciting stuff. I do like the junior games, though. You see, you probably send me because in those junior games, there's more of a chance of a of a bit of a a bit of an argument breaking out. <laughs> sometimes okay so Drumlater in 10th Lara are in ninth. moving on then into 8 on a standalone 45 points it's Bailiborough Shamrocks um, who have done huge work over the last few years on, on their, their GEA facilities a credit to them there what probably lets Bailiborough down though most of all is the setting I have to say it doesn't there's nothing aesthetically pleasing about Bailiabur. You've got a factory to the left hand side um that dominates your 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 eye line. You've got uh, kind of an abandoned uh you know stockyard or or ex ex industrial yard to the right hand side. There's there's nothing really about Bailiabur that 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 is that's aesthetically pleasing. Yeah that's right. Yeah that's just something that they probably can't do anything about with the factory and so on. So Although um, a fellow from Cork brought out a book called Gaelic Fields a couple of years ago where you aren't taking photographs of GA pitches all around Ireland. It's like a just a book of photos. That's and, right. and he included Bailbor in it because it's unusual that you're so close under the shadow of the factory there. But um, 
Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't rank it particularly highly for that, but it makes up for it in other areas. It definitely does, yeah. So the, the surface again, it, it it doesn't it doesn't get one of the higher rankings in surface. Um, it it it's not a, a drained pitch to the best of my knowledge. Can be very heavy, particularly down at the factory end. Um, so and, and and as you're coming in, actually underneath the stand there, it can be can be quite heavy. So it gets a six and a half out of ten. Not a not a very bad surface. No, nothing compared to the old. Um, the old drum lane field, but it, it, it only gets a six and a half out of ten. The stand it gets a seven and a half out of ten. Um, because again, you're you're elevated, you're centered. Um, and the stand is almost kind of just they they use the exist or the building that they had and put a cover out over it. But it 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 just works well, actually. I think it works quite well there without it being a spectacular stand. If there's rain, you've got your cover. You're you're involved in the game. You're close enough to pitch side. It's it's a good stand, I think. So it deserves a seven and a half. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I don't like about it is the wire. Uh, yeah, along the rail, but some places have that. It kind of kind of hinders your view a wee bit. But I do think it's a good stand. Yeah, it's a good big stand. Plenty of space in it, and it's well located. The dressing rooms get a nine out of ten. I think they're they're a fabulous facility in terms of the new development that they've done in the dressing rooms. There's there's loads of dressing rooms with loads of space. Even a little thing. This is a very very small little thing, but where what I absolutely love, the hallway is kind of an astroturf sort of a, a surface. So you come out in your boots, and, and and because it's such a big facility, you've got a, a decent enough you know maybe 20 metres until you get to the door, depending on, on if you're at the Fortis Way dressing room. You don't have to worry about slippage at all. You can you can thunder out from the manager's team talk and 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 sprint out that hallway because of the AstroTorf. It's a nice little touch that they've done, but everything nice. around everything around the dressing rooms is just it, it, it's it's um it's excellent. The um the the the, the, the modern facility has, has just been used, it's been designed really, really well as well. So um, in terms of extra facilities, this is where they probably come up um, to, to amongst the best of them. Um, that that 3G surface that they put in on the on the far side of the field where the, where the training field was floodlit. Um, that's just such a huge asset to a club. Um, you know, that brings everybody's score up, but they also then have their hall. They have their gym. They have a kitchen area. They have the shop. They've, they've got so much um, going on about the clubhouse that they've turned what was just a functional pitch with a training area into a real centre of the community. And I, I think their, their, um, their extra facilities are, are, are up there, you know, top end of, of the county. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And there's been a lot of work going on there in the last couple of years as well uh, in Bailey Again, it goes back to what we were talking about. Like in, in the areas where you have a, a big influx of people coming into the area. You need your facilities up to scratch. You got to yeah. win over the parents as much as the kids. And Bailbury have definitely identified that. I think there's a lot of good stuff that's going on there. Yeah, definitely agree. Definitely agree. Um, for press facilities, then finally we're giving them an eight out of ten. Um, they they have obviously the simple option of going underneath the stand, but where they get above and beyond is the um, the area up in the gym where there's a balcony that you can watch out on the game. And it's a great place to watch a game. Yeah, I remember doing Killigarry and Kingscourt up there a few years ago. It was the last game 
of the, the group stage of the championship, a senior championship, and, and Killigarry gave Kingscourt an absolute lesson. But what was what was great about it is that we set up a mini studio in the place and still had a great view of the game to watch over it. I thought it was just top, top class. And then on top of that, they brought up a cup of tea at halftime. You can't just bait it like it's, uh, it's no, you need the tea. You need the tea. Yeah, yeah look, you, we can't really go past any club that's given out good good cups of tea, like. Yeah, definitely. So they get an eight out of ten for press facilities, which brings them up to forty-five, a, a really good score um for Bailiborough Shamrocks and puts them eight on the table. So quite controversially now, seventh on the table is now Mullahorn. So for the listeners who missed out, um that over on the, the Patreon podcast, Mullahorn were in 16th, but we had their press facilities down at a four because there wasn't really anything specifically laid out. We've since been given photographic evidence and a number of prompted emails and phone calls to say, how dare you? How could you make such a mistake? Do you not know that Mullahorn have a, 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 a press box specially built on the pitch side? So given the evidence that we were given, We've added four points to Mullerhorn's press facilities, which um, amazingly, and it shows how close this table is in terms of the facilities around the county. It brought them from 16th up to 7th, those extra four points. So, you know, there, there's very little sap, sap, sap. I can't even say that word. <laughs> there's very little separates uh, the, the top 20 on this list, really. Um, to, to reveal it, actually, there's only. 12 points separate 20 and, and one. So, uh, yeah, Mullerhorn, no need to talk about them again. We spoke about them over on the Die Hards podcast. And then lastly, um, or at sixth on the table, a favourite of yours, Paul, a place I love going to as well, I have to say. Um, it's the Kingscourt Stars Club up in the, uh, or down in the east of the county, southeast of the county. Um, we've gone for the setting. We've given them an eight out of 10. Tell me what you love about the setting here, Paul. Uh, if you are up at the Hamble Alley side, Damien would say, and, and you come in through those turnstiles up on the hill, you're greeted by a glorious vista. You've got the, a huge big stand on your left-hand side. You've, you have a long sweeping hill down in front of you, leading down to the back of the goals. But on the right-hand side, you've got this huge natural hill. Into it, they have cut the, the steps, the sort of uh, terrace in there, which... At one stage, got a wee bit run down, but they cleaned all that up, and it's now it's really nice. It's sitting mm-hmm. lovely in in the cut into the sort of side of the hill. I, I, you've got trees up there as well. I remember Cavan played down in the McKenna Cup game, and it started to rain, and a couple of people up on the hill went under under the tree, and Adrian Dunne took a great photograph of it. It's just it's almost like a park. You know, if, if you if you took off the goals and the and the few bits and pieces around the field you'd have a lovely park there because it's the setting is so nice. I just really like it. I love the look of the stand. Um, I love the way the place is so clean. They're, they've now constructed a gym um, to the left of the stand. So to the right of the stand, if you're standing in it, looking out to pick the field, the, the players and members of the club have come together and built a gym there for themselves as well. So um, I, I think it's a, it's a lovely, lovely facility in Kingscourt. Yeah, I have to say the fact that it has two brilliant options to go and watch a game. So on a dry day, I I go to the terrace that you're talking about on the right-hand side, the uncovered one, because I, I just love the the elevation you get. You could be in Crow Park, you know, if that is, it gives you that same vantage point. 
um, to watch over a field. And then obviously the, 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 the stand helps it as well, you know, as in we'll come to it later on. But the setting, when you're on that terrace side, you're looking over, you're seeing a big, beautiful stand and then the forest behind it is, is, is lovely. You know, it all just sets in very, very well. I think they've, they've, they've made the most of their in-town location. But in reality, you could feel like you're out in the middle of nowhere in, when you're in Kings Court. But you're connected to the town by that hill that's behind the goals. Um, and you can walk up there and you're up in the town and be in the pub in two minutes. But also on the other end, you're out the road. I'd say you've timed it. <laughs> and not, not exactly true. Probably one minute, one minute 57 as we PB. You could be sitting in Gartland's. But there's also, on the other end of it, obviously you're out the Carrickman Cross Road and uh, you've all the trees, you're right beside doing a Reef Forest Park there as well. So yeah, you do have the best of all worlds there. You're sort of a back door up to the town, but your, your front door, you're sort of nearly in, in the country. So it, it's lovely from that point of view. It, it was opened, just to get that out of the way, by the Bishop of Mead, Most Reverend Dr. John Kine, uh, on 6th of May, 1951. So actually, the 70th anniversary of that is coming up now. Uh, in a, in a week's time. In a week's time. Uh, and it was reopened by Sean McCaig, uh, on 7th of May 2001 so the 20th anniversary of that is coming up and they played loud the first time and played Monaghan the second time uh, so yeah look it's a it's a fabulous facility they're, I think they're a brilliant club they're an example to, to most clubs in the county like they've never taken on a whole pile of debt they're very Frank Boylan was the treasurer there for years and, and he he ran a tight ship and they were always able to build stuff and not take on a huge amount of debt um, they're just a just a really good club, and <clears throat> the funny thing is, they had no real tradition for a long time. Uh, now they 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 famously beat Kings uh, beat Coot Hill in the nineteen fifty six, either fifty six or fifty seven, whatever the first year after Coot Hill's three in a row was. Uh, Kingsford beat them in the first round the next year, which was a really famous win. But they had no huge tradition. There was an interview with, jo- with Jim Riley and Gaelic Life last week, and he was saying that that. You know, the great Kingscourt team of the 80s sowed the seeds for Kingscourt. They had no real tradition until they got going. And I think everyone fears Kingscourt now. And he, may, he makes a good point here. He says, we're on the periphery of Monaghan, Mead and Cavan. It's a long spin to Breffney Park and people are wary of us because they never really know what Kingscourt are going to bring. And I, there is a lot of that too. I love that. You know, it's like it's like they're working away themselves up there. They're stuck in the corner. They're not, no one sees what they're at. And next thing they land down to Breffney and spring an ambush. Yeah, and by God, they know how to spring an ambush. Like they're they're, they're unbelievable. Actually, speaking of Jim Riley, he put up a tweet uh, around the time that that Monaghan were caught training or something like that. And and I think the might have been now again. I must just double check on this. Somebody check out his his Twitter feed. He's very funny. But there, there was an, uh, a media organisation that said um, twenty five plus players uh, Monaghan G Monaghan footballers have been found training or have been um, caught training or whatever. And his reply was, what? There's 25 footballers in Monaghan. <laughs> the best one I've seen is what this week was by Alan Foley from Donegal, uh, journalist. He's, he said, Arlene Foster's been at more of the finals than our man the last six years. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we better, we so better run through this quickly because we're running out of time. Exactly. So the surface, the surface, we give it a seven out of ten. Now, while it during the summer, the, the surface is, is, is quite perfect. During the winter, it can get heavy. I, I suppose it comes from the natural runoff 
um, of that hill that we spoke about. So it gets a seven out of 10, but when it's good, it can be very, very good. Um, it's not the biggest of pitches as well, which was played against it. The stand, let's just just top it off. This is the best stand in the county outside of Kingsborough Breffin. There's yeah. no arguing with that. It's it's top, top class. It can hold, I'm, I'm terrible with numbers, probably a million people in it. <laughs> <laughs> something around that and everybody in it has a good view and you're perfect distance from either side like just look at the stand is perfect every club should be aiming for a stand like king's court dressing rooms it gets a nine out of ten um so good big open spaces and uh, obviously nice hot showers everything everything that you need lots of space for physio to set up and all that an advantage it has and we we, we mark on it on coot hill it's got that tunnel effect and and it also has which is another advantage. The while the two teams may come out at the same point in the uh, in in onto the field at that moment, they come out of completely separate entrances to the dressing room. So you know the furthest that Malie ever really goes in in Kingscourt. I'm worried that I'm referencing Malie's a lot when I'm rating these grounds. So I'm a little bit worried. But anyway, it it just it goes as far as the gate where the tunnel starts and then the players naturally separate. And I do think generally a separate entrance into a dressing room uh, for, for teams is, is a big advantage. So they yeah. get a nine out of 10 for that extra facilities. They get a nine out of 10. So they've got a, a training pitch that's got floodlights. They've got a fully floodlit pitch, probably the best floodlights in the County, uh, maybe along with, with, with uh, one or two others, but you regularly play competitive games on it. Uh, they've got, the new gym that they've built, they've got meeting halls, they've got a kitchen, and you know, um, and and then they've kind of they've got the handball alleys. I know that technically they're a separate club, but you know, it's it, it's all it's all within walking distance of it. I suppose it's like saying, you know, Stradone's facilities. It, technically, it's it's a community thing. The handball still plays into it. It falls under the GEA. So when it comes to extra facilities, they're they're amongst the best in the county. I think. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Absolutely, yeah. No, it's it's just a very, very well-run club, and um, you know, I I hear that they've got huge numbers playing now at the lowest, like in the nursery age groups, under sixes, under sevens, under eights. I mean, they've got a couple of hundred kids there oh, uh, play huge numbers. So, oh, that's scary. Yeah, so that, they're scary. not they're not going away. They're not going soon. away. They're not going away. Uh, press facilities, we give them a four out of ten. Like realistically, when you go to an average game, you just have to stand to go and watch the game from. Um, but they have been known to pull up a trailer um, and 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 covering their county games by doing that, and, and and it works fairly well. But for general, they don't really have it in separate for the press, so we give them the mandatory four out of ten which gives them a total of 47 and puts them in sixth position on the table, Paul. So, yep. so folks, that brings us to the end of the McAvoy's Super Value podcast. If you want to hear the top five, head on over to patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan, where we'll be revealing that on the Diehards podcast, which will be released tomorrow, Friday. Hopefully, um, we'll be bringing you next week some information on the ladies, the return to the ladies uh, football. They've got their... their calendar laid out um, sort of three league games starting in the last weekend or second last week in May we'll be hearing from Aideen Coyle on next week's podcast so looking forward to that and hope you enjoy your weekend and look forward to the restrictions being lifted next week Paul you're due a haircut Jesus I haven't much left if anyone any could see the, the picture on the Zoom feed here <laughs> I had a run in with a, with a razor probably like that so and I wouldn't and, mind and, and the razor won 
<laughs> with barbers opening, I could have held off another few days. So I'm going around wearing a baseball cap uh, to cover my massive dome at the moment. Anyway. Yeah. That's 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 uh, that's the the joy. The rest is just hold off a few days. Don't be going back in razors like like Paul did, and and have a good weekend. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great stuff. And Larry has put it over the bar. It was hard, fast football. After that, you're in Carvinaza, yeah. Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Kevin to get come back into the big time? And then the cave, and it's over the lap. And Kevin are not buried yet. Have them doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Dandy-legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah, hurrah, yeah.